Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I am now recording uh, the second international episode of Bud Pod. How are you, Philip? I am good. I am well. Do we have to do like a clap to sync this up? No, that won't work at all. <laughs> uh, never mind. <laughs> an, an international clap. A clap across the world. The clap heard by the world. What was it? What was the sh- <laughs> uh, the 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 cl- the clap heard across the world, right? It would be the clap heard across the world, like in Lexington. Yeah. Shot fight in Lexington. Um, yeah, I'm okay. It is now eleven, quarter past eleven at night. What time is it where you are, Pierre? It's quarter past two in the goddamn afternoon. That's incredible. That's extraordinary. It it it's sort of something that like you you always know the time difference, but it is it is genuinely mind blowing, and it doesn't seem like it should be allowed. Well, we we're not supposed to know about it, are we? Really, <laughs> we're not supposed to know about it. <laughs> it is. <laughs> We were never meant to know about <laughs> about time zones. We were, we were, we were never meant to know. <laughs> we we were never supposed to know, and we were never supposed to be able to travel so quickly that our bro- our bodies got sick. <laughs> but we just won't stop. Yeah, even, yeah. Even like birds don't really get it right because they just they still have to travel in real time. Yeah, they have to adjust. Like, if if you had to sail from London to Australia, by the time you got to Australia, you'd be like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, and you still have no way of computing time differences because you wouldn't be able to, like, call home and and ask your friend what how sunny it is. <laughs> imagine, imagine the sort of uh, 1800s version of that, like, uh, writing in a letter. My dear sir, what time is it where you are currently? <laughs> As I write to you now, it is currently 3 p.m. after luncheon. No way, sir. Here, it is 3 o'clock in the morning. Your letter woke me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to write you so late. I hope this hasn't woken you up. And then they write back, No, no, I was up. In a letter, are you, uh, are you awake? W-U-U-2. Stop. St- yeah, stop. Yeah, I, it's it's mad. And it's mad that we can do this now just with... Like, I have every piece of equipment I need to conduct this trans-global production on my bed, and there's still so much space on my bed. It's insane! Yeah, I mean, 40 40 years ago, we would both have had to have been in the CIA to do this. (laughs) Yeah, and even then we'd have to go to a building, and there'd be a janitor there who'd have to let us in. (laughs) Uh, did, did I tell you about when I was interviewed on the World Service? No. 
Yeah, so they when you interviewed on the World Service, you you basically you don't like go to a place and meet an interviewer. They're just like these hubs in every major city where the BBC World Service has a little studio. So I was just like given an address. It was like I was this Cold War spy. I was told an address to be at at a certain time, and I got there, and there was just like a security guard on sat on his own inside, and I just knocked on the door, and he looked at me, oh yeah, and he let me in, and I waddled in. And I was, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm Phil Wang. I'm here for an interview. And he's like, yes, yes. And he just led me to a booth where I sat on my own. And he closed the curtain. And he said, put on those those earphones. And I picked up these, like, 1980s earphones, put them over my head. And he said, and just wait for him to say your name. And so I put on the earphones. And I'm just listening to the World Service. And I realize I'm just tapped into the World Service. And I just have to wait for the world service to say my name and then I talk back and then that's just me on the world service. That's ridiculous. That's like something from Winston Churchill's bunker. It really is. I just, I felt like I was tapping in, just tapping in, spying in on the world service and eventually getting caught. Like, Phil, are you listening? Oh yeah. Oh, hello. Um, and then we just conducted an interview and then he just said, thank you, Phil Wang. And now, clam fishers in china here in china they're fishing a lot of clams and i just sat there for like 10 minutes listening about clams in china until i realized oh i just have to put these down and leave and i just left it's 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 now my job to stop listening to the world service yeah that's amazing but but now so good is technology now that we have people on twitter complaining to us about the quality of our last podcast episode because the, the miracle that was trans global recording and communication wasn't quite clear enough for some people <laughs> they were like uh hey you know how um uh we as human beings are are the conquerors of all nature time and space well <laughs> not in not enough <laughs> Not enough for me, for free. Our overwhelming victory over particle physics and the notion of space and time is drab and dull. <laughs> oh, I had my first pedicure. Whoa. I'm just looking at my feet. Uh, yeah, because I'm a modern man, Pure. I'm a modern man. You're, you're a modern man, and you've got a, got a foot to look at. What? Uh, how? Where did you go for this? Um, they have, well, women go to these places called nail saloons, and uh, <laughs> they sit around a bar, and the bar uh, men, uh, no, it's just it's in like, uh, I think they were Thai, a Thai nail saloon place. I went with a couple of um, comedians who were women, and Ooh. I was the only man in the entire place, including the staff. Uh, yeah. And I, I just I, I just had the feet of someone who has never had a pedicure before. So I just got them to give me the works. And they just scraped the skin off my feet. They clipped my toenails. I felt like a Byzantine king. And they just got, <laughs> like, they got literally little scoops out. And were just, like, scooping the sides of my toenails. I think it's called cuticles. But as far as I could tell, they're just 
scooping flesh out of my toes, <laughs> I, which I just, I just had to hope I didn't need. <laughs> it's like, oh, I, I guess I don't need that flesh. All these years, I've been walking around with this flesh uh, between my toenails and my feet that I thought was you, necessary, but turns out, no. You, you were there just thinking, well, I hope that's not anything to do with my balance. <laughs> I think that um, you were you you were lucky, Phil, to not go to one of those nail saloons that's full of uh, cowboys playing cards with perfectly manicured hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Draw, and you have to draw a little pattern on your nails. <laughs> when you walked in, did the entire uh, nail saloon of female cowboys fall silent because you were yeah. a guy? Yeah, and the yeah, guy yeah. and the and the lady the lady playing the piano <laughs> cut out suddenly. <laughs> Who are you? We don't like your kind right here. But the piano music keeps going because it's just one of those electric things that just plays songs. She wasn't she wasn't really playing <laughs> to save her nails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like your kind around here. What? Um, so how do your feet feel? Um, pretty much the same as before. Just um, a little fresher, tidier, um, and less itchy actually because they got rid of all that dead skin there. Um, but I, I, at one embarrassing point, one embarrassing point towards the end, I noticed that they uh, they um, didn't scrape off some dead skin, and so I said to one of the my lady friends who came with me, I said, uh, "I've still got some dead skin there." And they so they got to the ladies back to ask them if they could scrub off the rest of my dead skin, and the tire lady said, uh, "We shouldn't really. His skin and feet are so soft that this could damage him. He could just lose skin." So in front of these women, who are I presume working forty-eight hours a day, <laughs> my feet were so soft. They, they could not in good consciousness keep scrubbing <laughs> my skin was so untouched by labor <laughs> that it would have they would have torn they would have drawn blood by pumicing it any further I'm, I'm afraid sir that your feet are so much the feet of a tiny baby prince that we will hurt you by cleaning you <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's amazing do your feet your feet must be physically smaller though well i guess um by some um uh by on on a molecular level they have lost a certain yeah. film uh but to the naked eye they're very much the same feet i'd say i always wonder about that because when so when i was when i was a boy um I never wore shoes except for like four months of the year. You know? What? Oh, you mean yeah. wearing sandals? No, no, <laughs> no. Like bare, bare feet. Like... What? You're yeah, bare dude. feet for eight months of the year? Yeah. So like um, in, in South Africa, shoes, if you're a little kid, are like a winter only thing. Or even sandals. Yeah, you might wear sandals, but mostly you just run around in bare feet. And you get like these, these like impenetrable hobbit feet. Wait, wait, wait. This is, um, but this is just in your house. A uh, house outside in the garden, playing at school. Like, even at school, you can kind of not wear shoes. That's sort of fine. What? What about getting in the car? Yeah, yeah. Well, fine. 
What? So would you go? Would you ever go to school? Get in the car, go to school, come home, never having put on a pair of shoes. Yeah, the whole day. What? Yeah, that can happen. That can happen. Um, I, I like, like your survivalist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, one of those weird like tribal runners from Mexico. Um, uh, you could wear sandals and stuff, but but basically the the upshot was you ended up with these like feet that could never be. You could walk on like uh, some thorns accidentally, and it would be way less of an issue. Like you had like hobbit feet, and I always wonder yeah, with like pedicures yeah. and things, where you go like maybe your feet are supposed to be like that because they're still your feet, right? Like, like if you walked on your fucking hands, you'd want your hands to be pretty calloused. If you walked on your feet, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, presumably that's how we used to be, because human feet are fucking useless for walking around in. I mean, the, the, the idea that we had to invent so much just so we didn't bleed by literally moving I don't know I feel, I feel like we're not meant to be on this planet I have a I have a thing uh, so like if you don't ever wear shoes the skin on your feet gets so thick there is a harrowing video I've seen and initially it looks like and, and, uh, and it's a, oh I think I've seen it yeah it's it's a guy somewhere I think in South Asia it looks like sure. Indonesia yeah, yeah 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 it looks like Indonesia or something or like India and it looks yeah, initially. Oh. It looks. It, it looks initially like he's peeling a potato. Yeah. No, it's, it's like he's hacking at some bark with a machete, and it's his foot. Yeah. It's a layer of hardened skin on his foot. I. It, it looks. And it's great. the sole so of his foot. Yeah. Yeah, and and he and he's doing it to camera, smiling like hey, hey, hey. like he's just cutting his hair. Like oh, once a month I come out and yeah. I just shave my foot. I trim, and he's, and it's like he's peeling a potato. Like, this is a layer that he's cutting off his own foot there. Do you think if he sees, like, the bottom of my feet, he'd be like, oh my god, that man's been skinned. <laughs> he's... <laughs> I can see his muscles, his flesh. <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Omelets. So many different combinations to have in your omelets. Three different types of pepper, maybe mushrooms. Omelets. Sometimes ham and bacon, but never beef or chicken. Omelets. How much more can I say about this food? Omelets. It's the only type of food that is permitted. Omelets. Please do not tell your family about all these omelets. 
Their secret only we may share in omelets. Let's dance around and show our dedication. Everybody wants a taste of this mysterious food. But what they don't realize is the reason that it's so good. It's full of souls from people long gone. And the spirits of prairie dogs that I put in my bun. Omelets remain a staple round the world today. Unless you happen to live in that one place in Paraguay where they've made omelets illegal. Well, what was email that? Noise. I'll, email I'll noise. I've closed my email. No. Uh, okay, okay. I hate. Uh, I. I'm. I'm a. I'm a big. I'm a big uh, downer against um, any kind of computer notifications. We mean just by just in terms of the sound. Yeah, I don't have any sounds for mine. If I if I want to check my email, I'll check it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I should just change it. Really. Well. Well. On the subject of. Uh, Pedicures, are you quite a, uh, was it metropolitan? Metropolitan man, is that the word? Cosmopolitan, no. Met- metrosexual. Metrosexual, yes. Yeah, do you, um, what's the most, because I, I want to I, get more and more stuff done like this, you know. I want to get some hair taken off my uh, uh, groin and gooch. <laughs> Can I say this on a podcast? Mm, yeah. It's just it. I'm not. I'm completely hairless everywhere else, so it seems <laughs> a waste of an otherwise clean sheet to have it where it is least pleasant, and nowhere else. Y- yes, I think that's true. Whereas my problem is that I have um, a, a very hairy like back upper shoulders. Yeah, um, you're more. Of a project. And if I if yeah if but if I got rid of that, it would be like when when do you stop repainting the house? you know yeah, you're the body hair equivalent of uh painting the Brooklyn bridge by the time <laughs> by the time you've taken off the last hair <laughs> a whole new a whole new coat of fur has begun growing elsewhere in your body. It's a year round job <laughs> well this is. Well, this is it. So I sort of think like maybe I should just embrace it and really lean in. Or, but uh, um, I agree with you on the gooch. No one needs a little uh, gooch goatee. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm uh, fairly. I. I. I've, I once went to a pedicure place, but it was because I had. Um, I had to get some sort of. I'd, I'd been doing a lot of running and walking and stuff, and I'd got um, calluses that we're in a really annoying place. So I had to have that dealt with, but it wasn't like aesthetic. It was like, I need this so I could keep moving around the town. I am here for practical reasons for, I am a man. Do not think for a second. <laughs> Do not think for a second <laughs> that I think that care how me. I look. Oh, uh, on the subject of bottoms of feet, um, at my boarding school when I was in Brunei, um, there was a guy there, a guy called Andrew, mm. who was um, quite a sweet man, but very earnest. He, he was one of these 15-year-olds who spoke like an adult. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he was very um, earnest. He was a good guy, but very disciplined. And he did sports day 
we had a sports day and he ran like the thousand meters or whatever. He did a long distance run and he decided not to go with shoes. He decided to run barefoot. And so he started running barefoot and everyone's like, oh God, look, he's running, Andrew's running barefoot. And then sort of about uh, a third of the way before the end, people start going, oh God, what is wrong with Andrew's foot? And he, he is torn the, the lay of skin on the bottom of his right foot so that it is flapping uh. under under his foot like like a broken flip-flop. So this full layer of skin under his foot is flapping uh. flapping up and down. Uh. <laughs> Just, but he is such a disciplined nutter that he continues the race he keeps doing it and he finishes the race with this f- flap of of separated skin under his foot and he calmly sits down and wraps his foot up and people are just like this guy's a fucking killer <laughs> i caught up with some old friends here in melbourne and some just friends he is in the navy now sure and that makes sense <laughs> but people people uh, like which vomiting. country's <laughs> which country's navy um, well, he was Australian, so I guess Australia. Yeah, that makes yeah. I mean, that that's the kind of thing of there were there were guys like that in my school as well who had that kind of terrifying discipline of of like um. It, they were they were like yakuza where if they had to cut off their pinky, they just would do it. You know, they were just crazy. It's like I envy that belief in one's own body. Like, the second something starts to go wrong with my body, like a tear or a bit of damage, I have so little trust in my healing capabilities that I go, you know, the, the trauma must stop now, and treatment must be applied instantly. But he's one of these guys <laughs> like, yeah, a layer of skin can come off the foot, and I can finish this race, and eventually I'll heal, and I'll be fine. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's, it's like a thing of... I, I, think, I, I think you and me, though, have, it, it depends on your experiences growing up, because... I think if you grow up um, and I think every child initially is like that reckless and then all the children who, you know, they, they do something like that and then it actually it goes really badly and then their parents are like, yeah, you know how you can't go outside for a full year? It's because you didn't stop fucking running on their flappy foot. <laughs> yeah. And then you learn, right? Then you go, oh shit, I should be careful. Whereas he, like, I know people who are really, really reckless purely because they've never broken a bone. Or had to go to hospital. So they just feel like they're invincible. But I haven't either. Do I just have a very good imagination for what could go wrong? That must be it. That must be it. I just have a very active imagination. Yeah. So maybe if you took him aside and said, you know, your foot could have become infected because of the flap. And you could have had to it <laughs> chopped off. He'd be like... <laughs> the flap. He'd, he'd be... The flap. He could have been like, oh, Jesus. And then you would have ruined his bravery forever. I really don't think so, man. He was that kind of guy where he would—he was just like—he he was just like. Oh, I remember. <laughs> so this is another fun Andrew story, because <laughs> we would always talk about how 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 like an adult he was and how formal, weirdly formal he was about everything. And my friend <laughs> Nick, Nick Van Zanten, who's this cool fun Dutch guy, we were doing uh, uh, the Duke of Edinburgh, uh, like a training camping uh, exercise. And we were out camping on a beach in Brunei. And Nick was sharing <laughs> the tent with Andrew. And the next day, Nick came up to us and was like, 
guys, 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 okay, this is insane. But <laughs> Andrew sleeps with his arms folded. apparently Andrew Andrew lay down flat on his back and just crossed his arms (laughs) crossed his arms like he's waiting for someone outside the hair salon or whatever just like crossed his arms and just fell asleep fell asleep flat on his back with crossed arms (laughs) and then woke up and just went ah and just started the day and Nick was so Nick was so freaked out. He just crossed his arms and went to sleep. <laughs> so wait, wait a minute. He 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 sleeps like a man who's waiting to be awake. Yeah, basically like like Dracula, but but like more Dracula. He's he's like Dracula. If you told Dracula you'd be out by two o'clock in the morning, and now it's three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ, I'll that's astonishing. Me. That's definitely a personality type. I generally don't think I've ever. Yeah, it is. I've never. I don't think I've slept on my back once my entire life. You know. I have this abstract sense that if I sleep on my back, I'll just die. <laughs> it does, yeah. It feels like the blood would go to the wrong place and flood, <laughs> and and you sort of go like, well, how do you sleep? How do you sleep on your back and have a pillow? Like, surely that means your neck is like, Bleh. like you wouldn't rest your neck on your chest. <laughs> well, in yoga, you at the end of the at the end of a yoga session, you lie on your left side to rest your heart. So if you're not lying on your side, it doesn't mean your heart is working extra hard and you can't rest. That's well, I'm, I'm, I'm always skeptical of that because I, I sometimes do hot yoga because I like suffering, um, mm. and and sometimes in the thing like they'll say things like, oh, and if you if you bend over like this, it really opens up your um, your hamstrings, and I'm like, yeah, I can feel that. That's true, but then, but then sometimes they'll be like. And if you push your chin onto your chest and uh, look up at the ceiling like that, your thyroid is being stimulated. And it's like, oh, fuck off. No, it's not. That's not (laughs) true. Because, like, my dad has thyroid problems and you have to take very complicated medicine for it. It's not something that you can fix by bending. But but the yoga teacher just gives you a look like, go on, prove me wrong. Take time out of your life <laughs> to prove me wrong. <laughs> and you go, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, and they go, go on, Google thyroid with your sweaty hands. <laughs> and the, the, other, the other one they say is, um, oh, and if, you, if you're like cross-legged and then like you put one leg over the other and you like bend, like you twist your spine. Um, oh, that's... Uh, helps your kidneys or whatever or something it helps detoxify you it gets all the toxins out or whatever and i always think like like all this stuff about toxins you go well if it if if all you had to do was get sweaty and bendy to get toxins out then there'd be no need for kidney transplants or dialysis like we could save a lot of money also the idea that we have these natural toxins in us why why would we be full of poisons i mean you can ingest it you can ingest <laughs> poison but your body doesn't just make poison to punish you for not going to Pilates. It's like, 
It's, yeah, and also like the only people who have poison like secretly residing in their bones or whatever, it's like people who live in fucking Chernobyl. <laughs> you know what it is? It's original sin. It's the idea of original sin. People just can't just love the idea that we are inherently broken. Inherently broken and inherently dirty. Yeah, we love it because we're dirt. It's like we're all these little uh, perverts, you know. It's like we're all we've all got like a scatological. Uh, kink. Oh, we're we're dirty. Oh, we were born dirty. Mm. <laughs> and daddy up in heaven's angry that we're dirty. Ooh, daddy better clean us. <laughs> in a special clean for your dad. In a special bath while I wear a dress. <laughs> I was dirty even before I was born. Mmm. <laughs> oh i was oh, so we're also we're also dirty that someone had to be murdered on some wood i feel oh, so bad dirty yeah i feel bad about that i feel bad about that bit now <laughs> now i feel dirty about that bit <laughs> i think that this would be a very popular church Dirty Boys and Girls Church, the Church of Dirty Boys and Girls. <laughs> can that be? Can that be uh, the official religion of Bud Pod? The Church of Dirty Boys and Girls. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Where most of the church is the um, Holy Communion, but uh, most of the church is the baptism bath. Is baptism yeah. every Sunday? Yes, Everyone every Sunday. Yeah. Everyone gets a big sexy bath. Um. And we, have to sing all the, of... we have to sing the hymns. Dirty, dirty. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, like it's it's essentially a, a sort of weird, horrible, kinky church full of weirdos. Oh, uh, why are you talking about the church there, Pierre? Ooh, satire. Dirty little boys and little girls, dirty are we. Oh Lord, clean us, we're covered in poo and wee. We so dirty, we so dirty for daddy. Amen, we're dirty. We are gathered here today at the Church of Dirty Boys and Dirty Girls to ask Daddy, clean us Daddy, we are so dirty, we're such dirty little boys and little girls going out there every day and playing in the mud of life and getting dirty. Yes, yes, Daddy clean us, Daddy wash our bums. Daddy, cover us in soap and clean us. We are dirty, dirty little boys and little girls. 
If anyone would like to come up and receive holy dirtying, please make a disorderly cue as you approach my messy, messy altar. Oh, we're such dirty little boys and dirty little girls. Clean us, Daddy. Clean us. Okay, Pierre. Oh, uh, I've got, I've got an uncool cool thing and a coolest uncool thing. Oh shit! Hit me. Okay, so my most uncool cool thing is uh, singing Bohemian Rhapsody. So that's singing... the least cool thing that's still cool. Yeah, I feel it is still cool. Everyone loves to sing. Bohemian Rhapsody together when it comes on, everyone gives it a good old shout. But it's lame! It's lame! <laughs> the song is too long, it's got too many bits. It's about nothing. It's about nothing at all. It's the Seinfeld of songs. <laughs> Inex- inexplicably popular. Seinfeld of songs, um, and it and it is weird, like where they sort of go, oh, there's a guitar solo, but it's also sort of operatic and people singing in a fake high voice. Yeah, it's it's very drama nerdy, right? Mm. It's like a it's like a drama kids song. Yeah, yeah. It's it's also the 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 different elements are so strange. Its appeal, I can only imagine how difficult it would be to explain the song's appeal. To someone from like the former Soviet Union, mm. like it's such a cultural thing of like, no, it's it's good. It's just like this. We've all yeah, we're not sure why we all agree it's good and must be done. It's like a national anthem we've imposed on ourselves. I'd say more people probably know Bohemian Rhapsody off by heart than the actual national anthem. Oh, certainly. There's only no, no more verses. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they they sh- they know all the verses of Bohemian Rhapsody better than the one verse of the National Anthem where we have to promise to kill any Scottish people we see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing how few people know that there's literally a verse in the British National Anthem that's like "Rebellious Scots to crush, <laughs> crush." <laughs> yeah, yeah, you think they'd have taken that out by now? Although you and I have sung Bohemian Rhapsody together. And this is what makes it annoying, is that we've done it together at the end of a big fun Edinburgh Fringe Party in 2017, and I yeah. remember it clearly because it was fun! But it I was felt, good! I felt silly at the time for enjoying it because I knew it was uncool! <laughs> it was fun, but you were still dirty, dirty! Dirty boy! I'm a dirty boy! <laughs> Yeah, we're all dirty boys and girls. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> uh, so that's my most uh, uncool cool thing. And my coolest uncool thing, and I don't know oh, if yeah. I'm off here, 
it's a bit related, I guess. Is musicals my coolest uncool thing? Is mu- musicals like now Ooh. they're classically very very lame, but now it's quite cool to have seen Hamilton. You know, or to be open about enjoying Wicked. I think also like. You're, it's a good choice as well because you sort of go, oh, are they sort of cool in the sense that um, loads of people like them and it's sort of celebrities are in them sometimes and uh, they're sort of fashionable and there'll be lots of like cultural capital of like, guess what I've seen? But at the same time, it's a load of people in tights who were at university quite difficult to socialize with in a bar. <laughs> yeah. Because they wouldn't stop suddenly, they wouldn't st- stop suddenly just singing something from Les Mis. And sometimes that was fun, but a lot of the time it was like, well, I mean, can we not do this now? You you, you have to enjoy musicals whilst suppressing the knowledge that part of your ticket price is going to financing the life of someone who probably uses the word huzzah in conversation. <laughs> <laughs> That's... You've you've got to be <laughs> you've got to be happy with the fact that um, there's a certain type of person who you are funding now who uh, wears a waistcoat but without a jacket and <laughs> smokes a pipe sincerely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but people like take photos of their tickets. They. They know the songs now. They listen to soundtracks and shit. Musicals are supposed to be lame, lame. Yeah, yeah. And and you know what's what's so revealing is Lin Manuel Miranda, who wrote Hamilton and is, I guess, one of the richest people now. His Twitter um, betrays the uncool person that he is and has always been. He tweets the lamest, grossest stuff, like. Hey, bad days. That's my friend over there. Let me wrap you up, buddy, in my love strings. Back off, bad day. Yeah, mwah, you should be okay now. Love, Lynn. And he tweets that shit. And okay, to- I will say, I will say for listeners who don't know, Lynn Manuel Miranda's Twitter is one of the most revolting. Like, Phil, is, is, Phil is, if anything, underplaying it. I've actually made him sound quite charismatic. I'm trying to. I'm on his Twitter right now, and I'm going to see if I can quickly find something. Oh, oh. my god! Okay, yep, I found one. It's only oh, from quick. two hours ago. Yep. <laughs> okay, so so here's the first line of this tweet, Phil. The first line of the tweet is, "Good morning from your passion." <laughs> Not good morning. G morning, one word. Good morning from your passion. <laughs> oh no. Okay, so this is the first line. Good morning from your passion. Next line, the one you hide. What? Next line, the one you wear on your sleeve and the one out in the world. Next line, who waits for you? Uh, I'm waiting for you, Lynn. I'm waiting for you to grab <laughs> your phone out of your hand and throw in a river. <laughs> you sort of go like... Uh, there's, there's a part of you whenever you see something like good morning from your passion, the one that you hide, the one you wear in your sleeve, and the one out in the world who waits for you. You sort of go, I kind of hope you get mugged today so you become more <laughs> Yeah, I don't need to get killed, but I do want something valuable taken from you. 
yeah, I want you to meet me later in the bar and shake your head and go, God, it, it, it really isn't sunshine and rainbows out there, is it? But, uh, what? he's so rich, and I presume busy. Why is he doing this? <laughs> <laughs> he is taking time out of his day to tell people nonsense. I reckon it's actually to keep potential competitors competitors down mm. by giving them shitty shitty advice shitty vague yeah. advice that that tries to imply that you know that they have something special to them and that if only they listen to this uh, passion that they've they've left out there which is probably a bad idea most of the passions yeah, we've yeah. ignored are bad ideas. But Lin-Manuel Miranda <laughs> wants you to pursue your bad ideas so that you embarrass yourself. And he keeps his, his um, musical throne. I think, I think that's good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to substitute, Phil. I'm going to substitute my own most cool, uncool things, etc. For one from one of our listeners. Okay. So we've got an email here from Gary. And Gary. He, says, Sup. he says, Sup, P-double. Sup. Which is good. Uh, okay, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Ga- good morning, Gary. Gary, you, my passion. Uh, so my passion. he says, yep. My passion. Dirty, dirty. Uh, <laughs> he, he says, uh, His most cool, uncool thing, so the coolest, uncool thing, is responding to questions written on Google Maps for various businesses. <laughs> this is his coolest coolest uncool thing is refo- responding responding to questions on Google Maps for various businesses ah yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so he says so these are users who are helping out other users by answering questions yes exactly he says uh, I kid you not go to Google Maps search for a place Poundland is often a good chuckle and locate ridiculous questions to answer <laughs> or even just normal questions that you can answer in a sarcastic way I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly check out Google Maps Poundland and see if this is the the treasure trove that Gary has promised. Okay, so can I can't wait to hear. <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna guess one of the most common questions about Poundland is is everything really a pound? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'd ask. Is everything really a pound? <laughs> okay, I found one. So this is Poundland in Camden High Street, and. Uh, Someone has asked, uh, uh, do you deliver? And the response is, no. <laughs> do you deliver? Uh, I wonder how much, what, how much do you reckon postage and packaging would be for Poundland? Would it have to be a pound, no matter <laughs> what is being delivered? Also, like, what are you going to be like, like, oh, I'm, I'm too busy to go to Poundland myself, so I really need you to deliver loads of um, non-name brand out-of-date sweets. <laughs> I uh, I once bought um, I once bought headphones from Poundland just to see, um, right. and they weren't a pound. They were like one pound eighty or something. So that was already made me angry. And I ah, you tucked into their premier range. Uh, yeah, yes. And I have to say that using Poundland headphones or whatever equivalent of Poundland it was, I plugged them into my iPhone and I listened to some music, and it was like listening to music through the devil's digestive system <laughs> it was like there was too, 
It was all bass and treble somehow and nothing in the middle. So it was just like... It was horrific. And the wires that led to the headphones, if you just tugged them slightly, pulled on them slightly, they would stretch and snap. Like bubble gum. It was depressing. Um... And uh, so, okay, so that's a good one, Gary. That's that's very delicious. We like that. And now Gary says the most uncool, cool thing, and I think this links to something we've said before, Monopoly. Yep. Most uncool, cool thing, Monopoly. No, the, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, most uncool, cool thing is Monopoly. So he As says, in the, the board game or, or holding an unfair advantage in an industry? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he means the, the board game. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Because, yeah, the, the other one is also not cool, man. That's not cool. Yeah, it's not cool. We're looking at you, Rockefeller. Um, <laughs> uh, so he says, I should probably say that this is most likely due to the people I've played it with. It's a massive waste of time. Uh, I always oh, yeah. end up in a situation where I go around the board owing £4 to someone every couple of rolls because no one wants to trade or sell their properties in an attempt to gain a set. It's infuriating! Um, I think that's fair. We've we mentioned board games, I think, is the most uncool, cool thing. No, I think board games are the most cool, uncool thing. Ooh. Because Ooh. they're, they're normally uncool, they're traditionally uncool, but now they're quite cool now. To yeah, get and play board games. I think Gary has put Monopoly slightly too high above the Louis line there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't think Monopoly's would have been considered uh, cool. Oh no, yeah, cool. He's saying it's uncool, cool thing. Yeah. You know and, what is cool? Mm-hmm. Telling everyone uh, the fact that you know actually the guy who designed Monopoly actually intended it to be a, a satire on uh, capitalism. Oh really? Oh, do you not know this? I mean, to yeah, be fair, yeah. given given that the mascot is like the most visibly evil man. Yeah, and yeah, and he has a waistcoat, and he's literally called what money bags. Uh, rich, rich, Penny... rich uncle penny bags. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's obviously not uh, sympathetic towards the uh, the landowning said. Yeah. Oh, um, Gary says. Side note. Uh, you know those vehicles, usually lorries or bin trucks, that have voice indicators? I, in other words, warning, this vehicle is yeah. turning left. <laughs> well, I got to thinking how brilliant it would be uh, if the voices were a stereotypical representation of the driver. <laughs> Not the driver themselves, but the most hideously offensive stereotype of that person. <laughs> Something to work on, I guess. <laughs> What's well, so like... Uh, if if the driver was um, if the driver for it was from like Yorkshire, it would be like warning: this vehicle is turning left. You daft bastard! You stupid fucking <laughs> like just really grouchy. Yeah, it's all they're all Sean Bean. Yeah, <laughs> yes, he, he's done the O2 adverts and also all of the um, <laughs> all of the bin lorries. Imagine how racist the uh, taxi reversing noises would be. Oh my god, yeah, that would be like... That's like something from the new UKIP manifesto. All taxi drivers have to speak in a racist <laughs> accent, even if they're not from uh, the place uh, where we would stereotypically assume they're from. Um, this taxi is reversing because there's too many brown people in front of it! 
Oh my god! Um, oh, uh, uh, we we have some more. We have a, 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 a some more stuff about. Uh, okay, thank you. Oh great! Okay, thank you. Has really opened um, a floodgate. I didn't realize so, so many people had so many okay thank you moments. It's a, it's amazing because like like I said in the last one, it is it is like sort of it's so accepting and polite and like and like just 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 passive. Okay, thank you. Yeah. It's quite powerful in that respect. Um, so, so this is um, another. An, uh, so this is from Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. And she says, in response to the other breakup story on the last episode, one time I broke up with a boy in uni who had done me wrong. I yelled for about twenty minutes about communication and honesty and what it means to love someone and take them into your life and be partners. Uh, and after I had yelled for 20 minutes, she's saying, he says, is that all? Me. Yeah, I think so. Him. Okay, thank you. He gets up and walks out the door. <laughs> me, <laughs> me, me from the other side of the closed door. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Best wishes, first, Sarah. It's our first okay, thank you, you're welcome pairing. Yes, yes, yes. That's really good, Sarah. Thank you. <laughs> That's great, Sarah. That's very funny. You'd be a whole, <laughs> a whole long thing. And okay, thank you. Also, and just the idea just of, of her, you're welcome, muffled through a door. You're yeah. welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> maybe, maybe he heard it and nodded as he walked away. That's great. Um... <laughs> um uh, we have a we have a message because uh, you of course Phil last time you and I discussed someone we know who does long plops. Yep, who refuses to push his, his plops out and expects gravity to gravity to do all the work, no matter how long it takes. Yeah. So just to be clear for the listeners, Phil and I literally know someone who shits exclusively through gravity. Yeah, erosion like a glacier. <laughs> Uh, well, so they've sent us an email, and uh, it's it's all in capitals, and it's written in a very interesting way. So I'm going to try and do it justice. Uh, the subject line is, Anonymous Threat from Anonymous Friend. Um, and friend is spelt without an I. I'm, uh, I'm dear... impressed you opened that email at all. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm a brave boy. Um, dear Pierre and Phil, Call me a bum bum life for my long plops, would you? <laughs> think... <laughs> think you can mention me in your podcast and not hear about it? Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> let... <laughs> let me tell you something. You'll regret it for your information. You don't push or squeeze plop out. You heed your bod relax and it let the river run, all right? Not my rules, it nature's. Call me a bum-bum, you're a bum-bum, you two. Have a care, you'll catch it, you'll catch it. When I'm done with you, that's the end. You'll order a sugar eagle and go look at sugar eagle and instead of dropping sugar, it'll drop to your eyes and pluck them out and go, that was better than waiting five years to get in the car because that was your other choice, to have no eyes. And it wasn't a sugar eagle, it was me on a hand glider. Call me a bum bum. You're the bum bums. Stop looking at my. Uh, g- 
Stop looking at my goggle searches. Is death near? Yes, for you, if you talk about my plops again and your Nazi little Skyper chats. Watch out, mind out, that's all I can say. You'll catch it. Call me a bum bum. Okay, thank you. See you at Phil's next wine and farts party, which is my uncool cool. <laughs> Yeah, that's him. Yeah, that that's the guy. Mean. That's the guy, officer. <laughs> so I well, think what he's saying is One of these that, days um, we're going to use his full name on this podcast and he'll be sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, I mean, that uh, that's he's saying that his, uh, his uncool cool thing is Phil's wine and farts party, so that's fair. I don't have wine and farts um, parties. I have wine and foods parties. And if you fart at them, that's up to you. <laughs> Um, we have another email from uh, Lucila, I think. Lucila! Uh, Lu- Lucila. And she says, uh, Hey, yeah, uh, I was listening to episode 5 in which you ask about a word for palindromic numbers. Because mm. uh, we're very cool. And she says, as, an, as a native Spanish speaker, it's one of the words I miss the most abroad because it doesn't exist in English and because it sounds really funny. Uh, and I think I'm saying this correctly. Uh, Capicua. What? Capicua? Uh, Capicua. 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 So that's a Spanish word for palindromic number. Yeah. Um, mm. And uh, I need to send. I need to forward this to you because she says it's pronounced, and then it's a lot of Mandarin, and then it says Capicua to help you. And she says there, I managed to include the words fart and pee in explaining phonetics whilst using Mandarin to sell us to tell a sad story about. Sharting today is not going to get any better. All right. That's why it's important to learn a language. <laughs> uh, she says, uh, we don't really have the word palindrome, at least in Argentina. The word capicua comes from the Catalan for head and tail. We have all sorts of law, as in L-O-R-E, around them. As well, say, if your bus or train ticket is capicua, you're going to have a lucky day. And seeing lots of capicua numbers is a reason to play a specific number in the lottery. We get irrationally happy when anything is ever Capicua, and I hope you do now as well. Uh, Phil, I hope you're having a good time in Australia. Do let us know at the Bill Murray if you want another work in progress or anything. Ooh. And Pierre, just let us know if you if you want to come to the Bill Murray at all. I'd love to have you. Ooh. Um, uh, at all. Yes, I would. Wow, that's pretty, pretty forward. forward. It's a Capicua. Um, <laughs> I'm now noticing also, Capicuas in uh, the time code of my recording and we oh, just yeah. i've just passed one and it was pretty satisfying actually it was pretty delicious um and then she offers a, a room for us to podcast in so we should do that hey um, at the bill murray the bill murray uh in london is a fantastic venue you should go and watch amazing comedy there uh love the podcast thank you for making spreadsheets less boring um let's see and uh oh and of course um a big shout out to one of our correspondents who got in touch with an incredible... Uh, 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 do you remember I sent you the link? He, he found a weapon that looked like the number four. What, really? I don't remember this. No, remember I sent you the link to like... Um, it was a screenshot of the message I got from uh, uh, an old uh, buddy of mine from university. And he knew... Um, it was Oh, it was Matthew. That was right. Sorry, Matthew. Uh, so Matthew, it was the Mambele Knives. 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'll 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 try and remember to post a picture of the Mambelli knives because they genuinely do look like the number four as a knife. And you sort of, if you're yeah, imagining it, and you oh. think, surely that's too complicated to be a knife. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> it is why they are not widely used. Yeah, it looks it looks like a bad uh, looks like a bad knife. Um, and uh, Lewis, we have your email, but I think we're going to save it because it's about authoritarian thoughts. Um, okay, great. We'll save it for next time. And so, Lewis, we're gonna we're gonna deal with your authoritarian thoughts next time because um, that's gonna be more sort of um, thematically consistent. Uh, yes, wonderful. Hey, um, this is very good correspondence, guys. We have very good fans, great. Phil. We should be very grateful. We're grateful. Yeah, I'm, I'm just glad people are listening and writing yeah. in. And uh, I'm 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 really taken aback by how many great um, okay thank yous there are. There are so Out many wonderful world. okay thank yous. I'll yeah. have to keep my ears pricked for my um, own. Yeah, that's right. Yes, now we're going to be hyper aware of okay thank yous and numbers that are palindromes. Kapakuas. Kapakua. Kapakua. Wonderful. Alrighty then. Hey, I've, it's pretty late out here. I should probably sign off soon. Yeah, uh, you've got to be up early to go lick kangaroos or whatever. Yes, it's, or as they call it here, breakfast. <laughs> okay phil uh, i'll talk to you next week enjoy the southern hemisphere try not to fall off the bottom of the world okay guys that was episode eight thank you so much for listening yes thank you uh, so much for listening there is now an octuplet an octuplet of bud pods and uh, remember to get in touch with all of your louis levels okay thank yous uh, coolest uncool most authoritarian libertarian etc uh, thebudpod at gmail.com or at thebudpod on Twitter. Thank you very much uh, for all your correspondence so far. I'm now going to go to Australian sleep. Which is like normal sleep, but your where your bed is, has got corks dangling off it. <laughs> and you spin the other way. Alright, podbuds. Bye. Bye. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.